men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise. Men on the Front Lines live social media broadcast, equipping, encouraging, and empowering you to arise as the hero, the warrior, and the champion that God created you to be. You matter, you're important, you have a key role to play for the kingdom and the earth. So thanks for being with me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. This is gonna be uh, more of a conversation type of a show than usual. We had a guest lined up for today and some challenges happened. They weren't able to be with us. So I spent the last little bit in our hospitality room putting together my thoughts on what's going on in the world right now. And I want to share them with you um, because I'm still processing through those thoughts and I want to process them through with you because I believe that we all can be part of the solution as we gain more and more of a kingdom perspective on how to bring real reformation to our world today. But just before we get into that, I've got two quick announcements for you. Number one, don't forget our Man Camp event is coming up this October 8th through 10th in Big Bear Lake, California. You know, these Man Camp events, they're always so great. Guys tell us at every single one of them how they're life-changing. There's wonderful times of mentoring and teaching, absolutely, but there's also great times of fellowship and great times of brotherhood. It's a great chance to get away, unplug from the busyness of life, connect with a great group of guys, and go after God. Be reminded who you are, be empowered in who you are in Christ so you can go home and be the, the man, the husband, the father, the brother you were created to be. So join us for Man Camp in Big Bear Lake, California this October 8th through 10th. We've got an event page up all about it. You can probably find it on my public Facebook page, but you know, make it easy on yourself. Just email me. Robert at menonthefrontlines.com, and I'll send you the link or answer any of your questions. The other thing I want to make sure you know about is our new devotional for men, 31 Decrees of Blessing for Men, is now available. You can order it through our ministry. You can go to my website, roberthodgkin.com. Go to resources. There's a link there. You can go to amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com if you want to get a hard copy. If you like ebooks, you can go to Amazon and get the Kindle edition, or you can go to Apple's iBook store and download the Apple Books ebook version of it. It's a daily devotional, and every day is a different devotion about something God has blessed you with as a son of God to empower you to be a difference maker and solution bringer in the earth. In addition to the daily devotionals, there's also 10 decrees that you can make to frame that blessing in your life, and there's an activation to immediately step into it and activate that blessing in your life. So get 31 Decrees of Blessing for Men. We're getting great feedback on it for men. A lot of people ordered it. Um Men on the front lines. Men 
I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, Men on the Frontline's live social media broadcast, equipping, encouraging, and empowering you to arise as the hero, the warrior, and the champion that God created you to be. You matter. You're important. You have a key role to play for the kingdom and the earth. So thanks for being with me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. This is going to be uh, more of a conversation type of a show than usual. We had a guest lined up for today and some challenges happened. They weren't able to be with us. So I spent the last little bit in our hospitality room putting together my thoughts on what's going on in the world right now. And I want to share them with you um, because I'm still processing through those thoughts that I want to process them through with you because I believe that we all can be part of the solution as we gain more and more of a kingdom perspective on how to bring real reformation to our world today. But just before we get into that, I've got two quick announcements for you. Number one, don't forget our Man Camp event is coming up this October 8th through 10th in Big Bear Lake, California. You know, these Man Camp events, they're always so great. Guys tell us at every single one of them how they're life-changing. There's wonderful times of mentoring and teaching, absolutely, but there's also great times of fellowship and great times of brotherhood. It's a great chance to get away, unplug from the busyness of life, connect with a great group of guys, and go after God. Be reminded who you are, be empowered in who you are in Christ so you can go home and be the, the man, the husband, the father, the brother you were created to be. So join us for Man Camp in Big Bear Lake, California this October 8th through 10th. We've got an event page up all about it. You can probably find it on my public Facebook page, but you know, make it easy on yourself. Just email me. Robert at menonthefrontlines.com, and I'll send you the link or answer any of your questions. The other thing I want to make sure you know about is our new devotional for men, 31 Decrees of Blessing for Men, is now available. You can order it through our ministry. You can go to my website, roberthodgkin.com. Go to resources. There's a link there. You can go to amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com if you want to get a hard copy. If you like ebooks, you can go to Amazon and get the Kindle edition, or you can go to Apple's iBookstore and download the Apple Books ebook version of it. It's a daily devotional, and every day is a different devotion about something God has blessed you with as a son of God to empower you to be a difference maker and solution bringer in the earth. In addition to the daily devotionals, there's also 10 decrees that you can make to frame that blessing in your life, and there's an activation to immediately step into it and activate that blessing in your life. So get 31 Decrees of Blessing for Men. We're getting great feedback on it from men. A lot of people ordered it um, as Father's Day gifts as we're coming up on Father's Day. And as people are going through it, we're getting incredible feedback. So get your copy, 31 Decrees of Blessing for Men. Guys, get it. 
and put these decrees and these devotions to work in your life. Um, all of our wonderful sisters who watch, order some for the men in your life. Um, order them for your husbands, order them for your sons, order them for, if you've got a, a male pastor at your church, get one for him. But let's, you know, culture has been telling us a lot of lies about masculinity the last few years. The answer isn't to shout back. The answer is to speak truth to men about who we truly are. 31 decrees of blessing will remind you who you truly are as a man of God, as a son of God, and 31 different ways God has blessed you and empowered you as his son in the earth. Okay, let's get into this week's topic. So I've been thinking about a, a lot about all the tumult and uproar that's going on in the world right now and specifically here in the USA. There's so much frustration, there's so much anger, there's so much um, um, divisiveness. And you know, there's a lot of things we can point to. We can point to the fact that um, we have an election coming up. We can point to the fact that we have uh, a renewed awareness of racial issues in our nation that need to be addressed. We can point to the pandemic and all that it's stirred up um, in with the lockdown and with the financial ramifications and the health ramifications. There's a lot going on. But ultimately, I think there's something even more important that we get at behind all of that, something Jesus warned us about, and I want to talk about that. But before I talk about that, I want to take a prophetic look at what's going on. You know, part of the prophetic is discerning the times. And it's very easy to be aware of what's going on right now. Turn on the news, uh, go to the internet, your, your news app launches. It's very easy to be aware of all the tumult and everything that's going on. But I want to press past that and prophetically look at what's happening. And I was asking the Lord about this, and one of the things I believe he showed me is we're in a bit of a 1 Kings 18 moment. And you remember 1 Kings 18 when Elijah was, um, was working on behalf of the Lord to bring the nation back to God. When he was up there, the first thing he did is he, he said to the, uh, the, 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 the Baal prophets and the, and the Asherah prophets and the prophets of the occult and the prophets of all the powers and principalities that turned the nation of Israel away from God. He said to them, you go ahead, you go first, you take your best shot. I am so confident in who my God is. And they did and ultimately amounted to nothing. I believe one of the things that's going on right now is the powers and principalities that have tried to turn our nation and even the world away from God. They are taking their best shot. I don't want to make light of what's going on because there's a lot of people being very, very affected by what's going on. But I believe God has allowed this for a couple reasons. One, I think it's so the world can become aware that the systems of the world are failing them, that the things that we have put our confidence in outside of God are not coming through for us. There isn't peace. There isn't security. There isn't even joy. There isn't provision. There isn't protection. So I believe that what God is doing is allow us to see that ultimately, now I'm not saying we tear down all the systems of the world. What I'm saying is if what we need is God in every single sphere of influence, because the world by itself cannot be there for itself. It cannot, cannot, is not the answer to itself. God is the answer in every sphere of influence. I think the other thing that's going on is God is allowing everything that can be shaken to be shaken. There's a very specific reason when he talks about that in the Old Testament and in the New. In, what is it, in Haggai and in Habakkuk. He says he, he will allow everything that can be shaken to be shaken. Why? So the greater glory will fill the temple, so that the unshakable kingdom can be revealed. And, and he says very clearly in the Old Testament, it's so the temple will be filled with the greater glory, because the glory of the latter days will be even greater than the former days. One of the things we need to remember as believers is in the New Testament, 
We, you and I, we are the temple of the Lord. We are the dwelling place of the Lord. So God's plan in this season of everything being shaken that can be shaken is for the greater glory to fill us so that then we can release it out into the world. In this season, it's very important that we're spending time with God. We're letting that greater glory, that greater manifestation, that greater uh, awareness and revelation of the fullness of his goodness fill us. That we're aware in this season that we turn to God. We turn to God for our provision, for our protection, for our wisdom, for our joy, for our peace. And as we do, that the fullness of his goodness, the glory will fill him. Jesus said it in John 17, very important. He said, Father, the very same glory that you've given me, I give to them so that they can be one with you just as I was one with you. Jesus was always relying on the glory of the Father. He was always turning to the Father. He was always letting the Father be his source, be his provision, be his protection, be his comfort, so that he could then solve the issues that he came into the world to solve on our behalf. We need to allow the greater glory to fill us so that we can do that for others. It's an incredible time to share Jesus with people right now. Um, we can do that by sharing him in name and, and, and preaching the gospel. That's very important. We should always preach the gospel. We should never compromise the gospel. But oftentimes when, when things are this chaotic, one of the most powerful ways we can share Jesus is to put him on display, is to put his peace on display, his joy on display, hope. Right now the world needs hope. And when we operate in hope, they're going to ask us how. They're going to ask us, how can you be filled with hope? How can you actually be at peace? Why are you finding rest in the midst of this storm we can if we if we share with them what he has blessed us with they will ask us about who has blessed us so I think that's some of what's going on right now the other thing that I think is happening is what we're seeing is a great setup for a, a, a huge reformation coming a great awakening is coming I think back several weeks ago to when uh, Patricia King and I did a live stream we did a series of prophetic live streams where we talked with the prophets and we were sharing revelation about what we were all hearing about the times that we are in. And I remember Johnny Enlow said something that really resonated with me. He said, so many of the prophets are talking about a great awakening coming, and there is a great awakening coming, but before the great awakening, there's going to be a rude awakening. And I remember live when he said that, that so resonated in me. And that rude awakening is, I think, what we're going through. We're being aware of not only issues that need to be dealt with, but we're being, we're being made aware that the systems of the world really are not dealing with them. Now, again, that doesn't mean, in my opinion, that doesn't mean tear down the systems of the world or the, the, the spheres of influence. It doesn't mean we go into anarchy. It means that we look for God's solutions, God's answers, not man's, in every sphere of influence and every system. Just like when... God used Daniel, Daniel for Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't tear everything down. He used Daniel to bring insight to, to, to that system. And then through that, Nebuchadnezzar ended up getting the revelation. Same with Joseph. He actually saved his people Israel by giving Joseph solutions in Egypt. So it's not that the system necessarily needs to be deconstructed. It's that we turn to God for solutions within that structure as opposed to turning to the world for solutions in that structure. So I think that's part of what's happening. I think we have a real opportunity here for great revelation 
reformation to occur. But for reformation to occur, we need to reform according to kingdom values, kingdom culture, and kingdom principles. Why this is important is if we don't, the world tends to repeat the same mistake in a different direction and call it progress. One of the, one of the things I often point to is, you know, as men on the front lines, here we are. This is part of men on the front lines ministry, this broadcast. And one of the things that I've been standing up for and standing against the last few years is this idea where culture has been telling us things like masculinity is toxic. And you've heard me share it, but I'm going to say it again. I don't believe there's any such thing as toxic masculinity. I think there's toxic behavior men are capable of, and we need to stop doing that. We need to, we need to wake up, stop doing that, and make wrongs right. But masculinity itself is not toxic. Fallen nature is toxic, and anybody's capable of operating in toxic fallen nature. Men can do it. Women can do it. Um, so masculinity itself is not toxic. Masculinity is actually part of the solution. Since day six, when God made us in his image, he made us male and female. That means masculinity and femininity. That means men and women are part of God's solution in the earth. Masculinity is not inherently toxic. It's inherently part of God's solution. Femininity is not inherently toxic. It's part of God's solution in the earth. So, but what happened was because men had made legitimate mistakes that needed to be addressed and corrected, where women had been devalued, marginalized, their voices had been taken away, that, that what society did was their answer was to then, okay, we're going to rise up and we're going to marginalize men. We're going to vilify men. We're going to uh, try to disempower men. That's not a solution. That's repeating the same mistake in a different direction and calling it progress. Repeating the same mistake and it's the same mistake in a different direction is not a solution. It's a reaction, and it's a reaction of the the flesh. It's a reaction of the world. It's not a kingdom solution. So as we are seeing all these areas where we have an opportunity to bring real reformation, one of the things we have to do is seek God. Is bring kingdom values and kingdom culture is to get past um, even the wrongs that have been done to get past those things to see how they can be healed things can be made right and we can rebuild according to true kingdom values so um the first thing I want to talk about is what I believe is behind all of this is the danger of other. And let me talk about that for a little bit because I just mentioned it in regards to um, the, the men and women and how men had made some legitimate mistakes against women and that needed to be addressed and that needed to be corrected. But the way to do it is not to make men the, the, men the villain, to make men the bad guy, to then marginalize and devalue men. It's to value everybody as God values everybody. Right now we're going through some serious race, race issues in our country. We're being made aware over and over again the seriousness of those issues and they need to be addressed. Not ignored, but they need to be addressed. Um, when the political issues right now with the upcoming election, it seems like the divide is getting more and more severe of right against left. And even what I see going on in the church often, when there's a disagreement in amongst um, the brethren, um, when there's a disagreement not just amongst denominations, but even within denominations, and we say it all the time, all you have to do is go on Facebook for a minute, and you'll see how the, the church is, is disagreeing with one another, and it's, it's not okay. Um, but why, why does this seem to be accelerating? I think it's the, it's the danger 
behavior of others. So the first thing I want to talk about as we talk about how to bring real change and true kingdom reformation to different spheres of influence in society in the opportunity we're seeing in the midst of all that's going on is the first thing we need to talk about is what we need to avoid. And one of the things we need to avoid right now is the danger of other. Let me read to you kingdom truth out of Galatians 3, verses 28 through 29. This is kingdom truth. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. So what the kingdom truth is, is we are all one in Christ. We, no one is better than, no one is less than. There is no one who is not worthy of being valued, of being respected, of being honored, of being championed, of being, uh, being come alongside of, to see the gifts in and help them soar in those gifts. That's the kingdom truth. We're not seeing that right now. We're not seeing that between men and women at times. We're not seeing that between the races at times. We're not seeing that against the politi- between the political parties at times. We're not seeing that but, um, uh, even in the church at times. Why? Because of the danger of other. So seldomly we operate in this kingdom truth, and I believe it's because it's so much easier not to, and that's the danger of other. What I mean by that is one of the things I'm looking at right now is I think we're getting intellectually and emotionally lazy. What I mean by that is it's so much easier to disagree with a person than to disagree with their opinion. It's so much easier to dismiss the value of someone who disagrees with you than having to engage in discussion to really hear them, to understand their perspective, to understand your perspective, understand why you believe what you believe, and then be able to express that. Not attack with it, but express it so we can have real dialogue. It's easier to shut down dialogue than to have dialogue. But it's not kingdom. No solution is going to come from that. There is a danger to making someone other. It's easier to making someone male, middle-aged, conservative, Christian, Republican. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't be engaging in conversation and dialogue with people of a different opinion. I actually think it's a healthy thing. If we can't look at our government right now, it looks like we've, re- we've lost the ability to reach across the aisle and discuss things. We just vilify the other person. Why? We make them other. Why? Because then it's easy. Then we can dismiss. We can, we can, we can discount. We can divide. What we need to do is, especially when we disagree, see value and worth in the, the other person so they don't become other, but they become someone willing to reach out to. So even if we end up not agreeing on a position or a policy, we still agree that each other has value. That in itself will bring healing. So one of the things we need to avoid in this season is we really need to avoid, be aware of and avoid the danger of other, especially when we disagree with someone, when we disagree with their position, we disagree with their policies. We disagree with their political affiliation. You know, we, we can't disagree with their worth and their value. Jesus warned against this in Matthew 7, in verses 1 through 5. Jesus specifically, I believe, is addressing the danger of others. And what he said was, do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. What is he saying there? I believe he's actually warning us about making the same mistake in a different direction. Do not judge 
measure, you'll be judged. For the way you judge, you will be judged. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Notice that he's talking, our brother has a speck. That's a very small thing. But we, he's saying, if you notice a speck in your brother's eye, realize it's a very small thing. Don't let that become a log in your eye. If I lifted up a log, I don't have a log here, but I'll lift up this book that's not nearly as big as a log. If I let it be in my eye, then I can't see you anymore, can I? What Jesus is saying is don't let something as small as how your brother looks at something, their perspective, their position, their take, their opinion, their stance. Ultimately, that's a small thing. Don't let that small thing become so big that you're no longer willing to see your brother. You're no longer willing to see their worth and their value. Don't let the fact that your brother is, 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 is a Democrat and you're a Republican, ultimately, that's a small thing. It's a speck. It may not look small and feel small when you're talking politics, but ultimately, from a kingdom perspective, that's a small thing. Don't let it become such a big thing that you're disagreeing on politics that you can no longer see the worth and value of them, that they're worthy engaging, that they're worthy of loving, that they're worthy of respecting, that they're worthy of honoring, even if you disagree on politics. And oh my gosh, we could go on and on about this, whether it's gender or it's race. Look, there are legitimate things that need to be addressed right now in the racial divide in the country. And there are different, there's different takes, there's different perspectives, there's different stances, there's different statistics. Statistics, but if we disagree on any of those things, if our my experience, my history, very different from others, we might have a different history, we might have different experience, we might have a different perspective, even on what has gone on. But none of that, ultimately, as big a deal as that is for someone who suffered some of those things, if I have a different perspective on an aspect of it, ultimately, the disagreement or the different perspectives is a speck, Jesus is saying. It's a small thing. We can't let that become a log in our eye so we no longer see each other, so we divide from each other, so we dismiss each other, so we make each other other. And then it's easy to divide, it's easy to discount, it's easy to dismiss, it's easy to devalue. It's easier but it's lazy and it's dangerous, and I believe it's part of why we are where we are. So we need to be aware of the danger of other, and we need to ask Holy Spirit right now as the Christian body, as the church, we need to be saying, search my heart, Lord, where have I fallen into the trap of other? Where have I discounted? Where have I dismissed? Where have I divided? Where have I been either intellectually lazy or emotionally lazy? Or where have I allowed myself to take up an offense because someone discounted or dismissed me? And Lord, help me see that so that I can then become part of the solution so I can forgive and I can move forward. So we need to be aware of the danger of other and we need to avoid it. Now let's talk about some things we can do that will be a solution and, and as we move forward. Number one... We need to learn how to disagree with opinions as opposed to dismissing or disassociating with the person, and I already talked about that. But that's one of the ways that we can be aware if we have fallen into the danger and the trap of other. If we've not only disagreed, but because of the disagreement, we've disassociated or disconnected or dismissed from the person. If we've, if we've cast them out of our heart, as it were, and we thought, eh, to heck with them. If we've devalued them because we have a difference of opinion. Um, one of the things we can learn to do is what Jesus tells us to do is turn the other 
other cheek. And you guys have heard me share on this, but I think, I think this is such an important revelation for the season that we're in. When Jesus says, if a brother um, strikes you on one cheek, um, turn the other cheek. If he strikes you on the right cheek, turn the left cheek. Or strikes you on the left cheek, turn the right cheek. And too often we mistake that as, you know, Jesus saying, hey, if they smack you on one cheek, turn the other and let them smack you some more. It's no big deal. That's not what that scripture is about. In the culture of that day, when people met, they greeted each other with kiss on the cheek. I believe what Jesus is saying is if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other cheek, not to be struck again, but so that they know, look, I know we've had a disagreement. I know there's something going on between us, but I want you to know I see value in you and I'm always open to a relationship. I am always willing to meet you and greet you. Now, sometimes we have to establish boundaries for safety, but we can establish a boundary for safety without blocking out our heart, without becoming hard-hearted when we here's how I put this when we are struck by the severity of difference of opinion or experience with someone we need to make sure that even if we pull back because we're struck by how different our opinion is or we're struck by how they express their opinion or even if we're struck by them devaluing our opinion we need to make sure we turn the other cheek in our mind in our heart to make sure that we're still open to relationship with that person if we have to take a stand for what is right and let's let's face it i am never going to compromise the truth of the gospel and there have been times I have taken a stand for what, when people have said, like on certain scriptures to say, what do you think about this? And I will take a stand for what I believe is truth. And, but I, when I take that stand, I need to take it in love for truth, yes, but in love, always being willing to maintain relationship and make sure that relationship is a goal. All right, number three, we need to be more concerned with being righteous than being right. I've shared on this in the past, but it's something we all need to be reminded of right now. Being right might win an argument. Being righteous will win hearts and minds. Why do I say this? Because you probably heard me say, one of the things I've been prophesying for out of a year and a half is the coming move of God is going to be marked by God's personality. We've had moves of God marked by his presence. We'd have moves of God marked by his power. This coming move of God is going to be marked by his personality. It's going to be one of the keys of the billions, plural, soul harvest. Because there are many out there that don't Believe in the gospel, don't want anything to do with the gospel. I know what that's like. That was me for well over 30 years. But what will draw them is the personality of God that we manifest, the mercy, the love, the forgiveness, the kindness, the openness to value and honor and respect them even when we disagree. How, you say, well, how can you do that if they're in this sin or that sin? Jesus did it for each of us. Each of us was in sin, lost in sin, and yet Jesus didn't divide. He actually pursued with love. He pursued with mercy. He pursued with kindness. He pursued with forgiveness until ultimately each of us that believe in Jesus Jesus Christ had that moment where we thought, oh, you're amazing, God. He pursued with the personality of God as much as the truth of God. And actually him pursuing me with God's personality is the kindness of God that leads a man to repentance, not the God being right and smacking us over the head with it. So right now in this season, especially when we disagree and we're right, I don't know about you, I tend to think I'm right in my opinions and my stances. That's why for somebody like me, especially a verbal processor, it's really important that I focus on being righteous 
righteous, especially when I think I'm right, so that walls come down, so that people feel loved, people feel valued. Okay, one of the other things we need to do that ties into all this is it's important to have dialogues, not diatribes. And again, as someone who does a lot of communicating, this is something I need to remember. It's very easy for me. I mean, I do it every week. I spend anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes sharing my opinion, sharing my thoughts, sharing my perspective, sharing what God has been sharing with me. Right now in this season, it's really important that we have dialogues, we don't just go on a diatribe, that we listen, we don't just rant. We need to allow others to share and even be wrong. One of the things I'm seeing right now is even in the, especially in the issues around race in our country right now, I'm seeing a lot of people pull back because they don't want to say anything because they're afraid they're going to be wrong or they're going to say something that, you know, fingers are going to point at them and they're going to get called a racist. That's another one of the things that's happening when we make other. One of the dangers of other and the intellectual and emotional laziness of making other is if, if you disagree with me, you know, it's so easy to just point a finger at me and call me a Nazi or call me a racist or call me this or call me that. That doesn't do any good. If you see something in me that needs to be addressed, well, let's talk about it. But I want to be aware of things. You know, I've been having a lot of conversations recently with my African-American, the people I know who are African-Americans, African-American friends, African-American ministry associates. And one, one of the things I love about them is it's okay for me to have a conversation with them. I come from a very white background. My wife's Korean. She, she teases me sometimes and says, you know, you come from this, this um, upper middle class, uh, upper class, uh, waspy New England background, and she jokingly refers to me as the whitest man she's ever met. But I love learning about her Korean culture and her Korean family. She loves learning about my WASP culture and my WASP family and things that are dear to me. Now, we don't have a history of racial tension between us, so maybe that's not the best example, but we celebrate each other's cultures. This is a really great time for us to listen. This is a really great time for us to engage in dialogue, especially if we don't understand somebody's position. Listen to what that position is, and when you disagree with the person, don't just dismiss them. Don't fall, into, don't fall into the trap and the danger of dismissing them as other. Talk to them. There are things I'm learning from my African-American friends and associates right now that it's important for me to hear. It's helping me understand more of their experience, more of their history. And occasionally I'll say something that it would be easy for them to see. Now that's the problem. You're the problem. But what they're doing is they're allowing me to express where I am and some of the questions that I have, and they're not beating me up for them. Now I'm not, I'm not devaluing them and, and saying, you know, if you're not white, you're bad. Nothing like that. But even just things that from my perspective I don't understand, they're allowing me to ask the questions so that I can hear their perspectives as well, and we're learning and growing together. So it's important in this season right now that we do some listening, and that's why I say dialogue back and forth, not just diatribe, where all we do is, is lambaste people with our opinion that's right and why they're wrong. Okay, another thing we can do right now, and I was touching on it there, is be willing to get outside of your comfort zone. 
And again, let's look at our ultimate example to bring true kingdom reformation into a world that desperately needs it, Jesus Christ. No one did a better example, gives us a better example of leaving his comfort zone to bring true revival and reformation than Jesus. Jesus split the Godhead. Jesus stepped out of the glory of heaven to come into the earth as a man. He got out of the ultimate comfort zone to come and bring true revival and true reformation. We need to be willing to step out of our comfort zone, and we need to ask him for help right now to help us to listen, consider, and reach out to new perspectives, new mindsets, and even to people in places that we haven't reached out to before. This, there's such an opportunity for healing. There's such an opportunity for creating unity from division, but part of it is us stepping outside of our comfort zones. One of those comfort zones that's most important for us to step out of is long-held positions, long-held opinions. We may not ultimately end up changing our position. We may not ultimately end up changing our opinion, but in having the dialogue and be willing to consider others, even if we stay in the same place because we feel it's where we need to stand, we'll still value and appreciate the other person more if we're willing to hear their perspective, their experience, and their history. It, it, one of the notes I made here is it's always easier to listen and talk to those who agree with you and are just like you. But what did God say? God says we're to go out into all the world. You know, what is that? It's to go into many spheres, many peoples, many experiences. And I, I'm very blessed. I get to travel the world all the time, and I'm constantly being exposed to different cultures and, and, and so many different things. And it's been really good for me. Um, and I think in this time, especially, again, when something is different from our position, our, our, our stance, our opinion, I think it's really important that before we defend what we think, we listen to what somebody else thinks. I think now is a great time for us to get outside of our comfort zones. And then the last thing I want to share about one of the keys to how we can begin a process of true healing, true revival, and true reformation and bring true unity in the world right now that so desperately needs it is if conversation is show, shut down, don't let your heart shut down. What do I mean by that? So maybe you step out in these things and you try. Maybe, maybe like me, you're learning all new ways to to, to listen, all new ways to, to uh, value and honor those, especially those that you've disagreed with. Um, maybe that's happening for you, and maybe you're going to step out and try some of what I'm suggesting, and maybe somebody's going to point a finger in you, and they're going to dismiss you, and they're going to devalue you, and they're going to they're divide from you, and they're going to do everything that we've talked about that actually makes the situation worse, not better. What We can't control others, but what we can do is control ourselves. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is one of the things I'm watching in so many areas is, is this culture of offense and this culture of anger. Um, and I, I've been asking the Lord about it a lot, and I think one of the reasons we're seeing it is because so many people feel disempowered. So many people feel like they have so little control over what's going on in the world. You know, the, the, the people who are, let's just take politics into it, the people who are dead set against President Trump. Here he is, you know, the, the, the left has done everything to get him out of power. And, and some of these people that really don't want him there have tried their best. And, and the people that support them have wanted that and it hasn't happened. So they're feeling like, you know, they're disempowered, they're frustrated. We could say the same thing in some of the race issues. So many people right now feel so disempowered, 
so devalued, so little ability to make any change. And let's face it, for some of them, that's been legitimate. So the lie is then, offense is power, anger is power. There's a reason God warns in the word, don't give the enemy foothold through anger. God's not just saying, hey, don't get angry and do bad things. He's saying, don't give a foothold to the enemy through anger because anger is a lie. Offense is a lie. This victim mentality is a lie. If, 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 you, if you think that anger and offense is power, it's not power to make positive change. You can't fight darkness with darkness. So one of the things we can do, we can't control others, but we can control ourselves. If somebody dismisses you, don't dismiss them. If, if you try to do some of the things we're talking about and they shut down conversation, don't shut down your heart. Keep your heart open to them. Continue to love them. Continue to honor them. Continue to respect them. This is something God showed me recently. You know, um, if we want real revival power for real reformation, one of the things we need is we need to go into the place of revival. We see a great picture of this at the very first Easter when, when they came to the tomb. The stone had been rolled away. Now, the stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. Jesus has no problem. He would have no problem. The victorious risen Lord could have stepped through that stone as easily as he stepped through the walls in John 20. The stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could get out. The stone was rolled away so we could get in. We step into the place of revival power when we're willing to have the stone rolled away. But what we've got to watch is to make sure that we keep the stone rolled away from our heart. If someone does something offensive to us, we don't take offense. If someone dismisses or devalues us, we don't dismiss or devalue them. If, if conversation gets shut down, we don't shut down our hearts. So those are some of the things I've been thinking about. I'm not saying I have all the answers by any means. I'm not even sure I've, I've landed on the exact specific things we need to be doing. But I wanted to take this show and get involved in a process. We'll probably do more conversations like this, more discussions on this. I want to process some through some things with you that I'm processing through with God right now. And even, even for those of you who have, have not agreed with what I'm saying today, that's okay. And all I'd say is post your thoughts so I can read them, I can consider them. I think it's really important that we get a little more gracious with each other. I think it's really important that we remember the final words. When Jesus made it through the temptation in the desert to win a great victory for us, he did it by remembering the last words that proceeded from the Father's mouth towards him. You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I think one of the things we need to do as the body of Christ right now is remember some of the last words that proceeded from Jesus' mouth on the cross. For the, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. I don't know about you, but I've been trying to remember those words more and more every day right now, especially when someone is dismissing or devaluing me or disagreeing with me or pointing a finger at me and saying something unfair or offensive about me, not to take offense, not to shut my heart down, not even to shut conversation or relationship down, but remember, forgive them for they know not what they do. I think if we embrace that right now and we embrace some of these things that I'm processing through with you all, you're part of the solution. That's why I'm sharing this with you. And I think as we embrace this and we embrace righteousness and kingdom values and the personality of God, we can see what right now is a time of tumult become a time of real reformation. Thanks so much for being with me for this Heroes Arise this week and for processing through this stuff with me. Don't forget, 31 Decrees for blessing, of Blessings for Men is available for you. You can order it now. 
and have it in your hands to be reminded of who you are as a man of God because we need you men of God. We need you sons of God. And of course, on October 8th through 10th, our next man camp event. If you have questions about that, email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com. And more than anything, thanks for taking time with me this week. Thanks for engaging in this conversation with me this week. Share your thoughts um, in the chat on uh, Facebook Live. And of course, if you're watching this down the road on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast, give it a like, help others find it. Thank you so much. I'll see you again here soon.